Hello and welcome to the Zurich Life Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I'm joined today by our Head of Investment Solutions at Zurich, Ian Slattery. This investment podcast does not constitute an offer and should not be taken as a recommendation from Zurich Life. Advice should always be sought from an appropriately qualified professional. Today we're going to speak about market events over the month of March 2023, how this has affected different asset classes and what this might mean for you as an investor. We will also talk about Zurich Investments outlook in the short term and our recent positioning in relation to the Zurich funds. This month we will also look at earnings season, which we hear a lot about in the media. We'll discuss what it is and what it means for you as an investor. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Jacqueline. Equities finished in positive territory in March. Can you talk us through the key economic data that was released over the month of March and the effect this information has had on markets and on different asset classes within the market? Yes, so March saw the first quarter of 2023 close out in positive territory as um, equities recovered from a poor start to the month, which occurred on the back of the collapse of the California-based Silicon Valley Bank. And that caused banks from both the US and Europe to face uh, restless depositors worried about the outlook for financial institutions, uh, particularly in a higher interest rate environment. Uh, the collapse of SVB was followed in Europe by the investment bank Credit Suisse enduring a last-minute rescue to avoid bankruptcy uh, when it was acquired by Swiss rival UBS. However, despite the jittery trading overall, equity saw most of the losses contained within the financial sector uh, and did finish the month in positive territory. In relation to economic data releases, uh, March saw the release of sticky inflation data, which further clouds the monetary policy for the world's central banks. The heavily watched core inflation prints indicated that inflation on both sides of the Atlantic remains above target and sticky, as we've just mentioned. However, interest rates uh, overall, the expectations were lowered on the back of some of the, the unrest we saw in the banking sectors. Uh, bond yields were volatile as a result, however, dropped significantly in line with these lower interest rate expectations. Finally, both the ECB and the Federal Reserve refused to pause hikes, um, although guidance from the Fed suggests a softer policy in the near future, but both did raise rates throughout the month of March. Staying with equities, what were the best and worst performing markets and sectors over the month of March? So looking first on a geographical basis, the best performing of the major markets in March was Japan, which was up over 1.5% in euro terms. Japanese equities rallied in the early weeks of March after positive economic data was released from China. Performance did taper off as the month went on due to the instability in the US and the European markets. Uh, in terms of the worst performing of the major markets, it was the UK, down just about 3% in euro terms, as the UK witnessed a surprise inflation report, which saw the annual CPI rise from 9.9% to 10.4%. The higher inflation numbers combined with uh, Bank of England interest rate rise did see equity suffer. Looking now on a sector-by-sector -sector basis, uh, looking globally in euro terms, information technology was the best, up over 7%. Uh, and this sector has outperformed year-to-date up just short of 20% in euro terms. And this again comes in relation to the lowering of interest rate expectations, which has, uh, has helped more growth-orientated sectors such as technology. Uh, the worst performing of the sectors in March will probably come as no surprise, which was uh, financials down just short of 10% in euro terms as the fallout of the recent banking sector turmoil left many banks, particularly smaller regional banks, taking a hit on their share price. 
In March, the question of further interest rate rises in the euro area remained pertinent. Interest rate expectations have had a significant effect on the bond market recently, and March 2023 has been no different. Can you talk to us about how bonds have performed over that month? So, so bond yields, as we mentioned, were volatile as a result of that interest rate uncertainty. Um, perhaps turning to the US first, as we've already mentioned, several global central banks did raise rates in March. But the US Federal Reserve raised the Fed funds rate by 25 basis points to the 4.75 to 5% uh, range in March. And this came, as we've already mentioned, this, as in despite of some of the, the speculation that monetary policy would soften uh, in relation to the struggling banks in, in a regional level in the US. Uh, do you, in terms of the Eurozone, the ECB also raised rates in March, hiking by 50 basis points as inflation does remain stubbornly high. Uh, not so much the, the headline rate, but that core rate is, is proving particularly sticky. Uh, in relation to the effect that that had on bond markets, if we look at the benchmark 10-year US government bond yield, it ended the month at 3.47%, uh, whilst in Europe, the equivalent 10-year Euro government bond index returned 3.8% in price terms for Eurozone investors. How have commodities and currencies performed through the month of March? So gold has been the, the best uh, relative performer in a basket of commodities throughout the year so far, uh, returning just up short of 6% in the euro basis in the first quarter. However, it did lose a little bit of momentum due to bond market volatility in March. Uh, copper, which is often seen as a barometer of global economic health, was down in March as fears of economic slowdown permeated uh, throughout markets globally. In relation to oil, something that's been closely watched um, in, the, in the, the run-up and since the Russian invasion of Ukraine, if we look at West Texas Intermediate, or WTI crude oil, it was returned just short of minus 4% in euro terms as energy prices continue to fall in 2023, coming off those highs of 12 months ago in 2022. Uh, finally, in currency markets, the US dollar weakened in March, ending the month with one euro purchasing you $1.08. Have Zurich Investments made any significant changes to their asset allocation positions and on a geographical and sector basis? So firstly, on the geographical and sector basis, uh, not massively. So we still we still maintain our, our largest position wage to the US or North America, which is the US and Canada. On a sectoral basis, we do remain fairly neutrally positioned uh, versus versus global benchmarks. Uh, in relation to our asset allocation, we do maintain a positive outlook towards equities uh, and a little bit more neutral on bonds. So despite some of the turmoil that we have witnessed throughout the month of March, uh, we do believe that equities remain the best place for investors over the medium term in the current market environment. And with that in mind, we have increased our allocation to equities in March on the back of some of that weakness we saw uh, subsequent to the collapse of Credit Suisse and Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, the equity risk premium or the, the spread or potential return of, uh, of equities over bonds has returned to its lowest level in almost 15 years and in US interest rate expectations have declined but we are comfortable with our position uh, with favouring equities at this time but we do believe that there will be an opportunity to be more positively biased to bonds throughout 2023. And finally, in relation to currency exposure, we do maintain our euro-dollar hedge, which has been beneficial so far this year. Earnings season refers to the months of the year during which most quarterly corporate revenue data is released to the public. Earnings season generally begins in the month following most major companies' fiscal quarters. It can allow investors to look into the figures of the companies they're invested in or want to invest in. 
We often hear talk of earnings season in the financial press, but what does this mean? So, yes, firstly, as you mentioned there, earnings season happens four times a year in the weeks uh, after the end of the last calendar quarter. So, for example, in mid-April, we'd be reporting on the end of March, mid-July to report on the end of June and so on. When you look at the important parts of investors' portfolios, it, it's asset classes such as equities and bonds. And so, for example, equities often refer to as stocks or shares. So you invest in a company and hope to gain a return through the price going up, getting paid dividends or a combination of both. Obviously, therefore, uh, how much money a company is making and how sustainable those profits are is very, very important for your return. And every quarter, all the big companies in the world, but particularly in the US, report or tell the market how they got on in the previous three months. So what profit they had, what expenses they had, and ultimately what earnings they had, which leads to the concept of earnings season. They'll also give some forward guidance in terms of what their view is in relation to their own business, the sector it operates in, and the effects of the wider economic factors such as GDP growth and inflation figures are having on the market themselves. So it's a great source of information for active fund managers such as Zurich. Using this information in a practical sense, why is it important to investors in multi-asset funds such as Prisma and the managed funds? So our most popular funds are the Prisma range and the managed funds, which are the balance, performance and dynamic. So whilst they do invest in a wide range of asset classes, equities form the largest part of most of our multi-asset funds. So therefore, the earnings helps inform fund managers such as Zurich and helps us to select the assets, the sectors and the companies we invest in. We do this through the lens of our active top-down investment process and we're trying to add value and increase the returns of the funds that our customers are invested in. So whilst earnings season is no silver bullish and there's no one single metric that we do rely on, it is an important input to our views on markets. Do we see markets react strongly during earnings season? Uh, in short, it depends. Um, so at certain points during the economic cycle, more macro or higher level topics will dominate the narrative. And by this, I mean potentially what central banks are doing, uh, geopolitical events such as the Russian invasion of Ukraine or what the late, latest inflation figures are. However, at other points in the economic cycle, individual company events can matter more. For example, if a company has surprised to the upside, meaning that they had stronger revenue and profits than what was forecast, you would usually expect the share price to increase. And the opposite is also true. At the time of recording, we are approaching earnings season for Q1 2023. What is the outlook for this earnings season? Yeah, so we're, we're just coming into the middle of April now. And as we've mentioned, that means companies are going to start reporting on Q1, the, the first three months to the end of March. So a couple of key things to watch out in the coming weeks will be the commentary from some of the big financials in the wake of the banking sector issues. That will be interesting to see in terms of how they see that unfolding into the medium term. Uh, how profit margins, so margins are revenue as a percentage of earnings, so the higher the better. Uh, how those profit margins have held up for companies as the strain of high, higher inflation continues to hit consumers. And also the outlook for the rest of the year, as many commentators are still forecasting a recession overall in parts of the developed world. Uh, as we move throughout 2023, it'll be interesting to hear from companies themselves in relation to their bottom-up view of the economy and the sectors they operate in. What advice would you have for investors who hear certain stories around earnings? Yeah, so whilst there's always individual company stories that can make headlines and at times they can influence the movement of overall markets, it's always important to remember if you're a Zurich multi-asset fund investor, you'll be diversified across asset classes, geographies, sectors, and individual company. So even within the equity part of your multi-asset fund, your investment is spread across over 400 companies. So good and of course bad news on one individual company may not have the effect on your Zurich investment as news stories or social media posts may suggest. 
It's always worth taking a look at the Zurich website to see the latest fund performance, fund splits and investment commentary. And if you ever think you need to update your financial plan or to make a new fund choice, always reach out to your financial broker. That brings us to the end of this podcast episode. Thank you, Ian, for joining me today. Thank you also to everyone who's listening. We hope you found this investment update helpful and it's given you a few market insights. As always, for more information on our fund range and to catch up on our latest investment news, visit Zurich.ie. Past performance is not a reliable guide to future performance. Benefits may be affected by changes in currency exchange rates. The value of your investment may go down as well as up. If you invest in these funds, you may lose some or all of the money you invest. Zurich Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.